No Dunks is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. And if you ask me the best part about GameTime, it's that easy, smooth, two-tap checkout system. Got a new phone yesterday. Had to set up my Bluetooth in the car this morning, Skeets. Took me five clicks. Yeah. Five clicks of the wheel to get the Bluetooth connected. I was sitting there like, let's go, let's go. We got a guest <laughs> in studio, man. Let's go connect. You're 100% right. It was a chilly morning. Our buns were getting a little chilled. Took five clicks. If it would have happened for two taps, we would have been listening to the baby a lot earlier. But that's why the Game Time app is so great. It's simple, quick, and easy to navigate. You download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store to score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Get to Del Taco. They got a new thing called Free free Shavakadoo. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. I'm J.E. Skeets. Alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. hey hey yo The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friend. Mm. And the man making the magic happen, J.D. Hello. There he is. And today we have a very special guest in studio. You've heard him on the Athletics Blazers podcast from the Rose Garden. You've heard him on the NBA Daily Ding. You've heard him on Basketball Buds. You've heard him on Nerder She Wrote. You may have seen him as an indie wrestler once upon a time. It's Dave DeFore. Dave, well, how's it going, man? Uh, great to be here. It's going well. It's cold. Why is it cold yes. in Atlanta? Well, why are you in Atlanta? Is the, uh, passing the through, so I'm driving from home from Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah, I've got my dog and, you know. And home in, home in San Antonio, you were in? Raleigh. Okay. Yeah. And so you were coming through Atlanta. Yeah. And I was actually supposed to be at that Duke game that they lost in overtime yep. on a buzzer-beating mm-hmm. layup. Right. But I had the sniffles, and I was like, you know what? <laughs> I just drove a long way. I should just take it easy. What a bummer. Wow, things have changed in your life. You were an indie wrestler getting yeah. getting pile-drived and power-bombed into tax, and now you've got the sniffles and you can't go and watch a basketball game? Father time is undefeated. Yes, that's right. That's right. Well, it's a blast to have you in studio here. We're going to be talking about all the games last night. and a couple. we got some fun questions. got a fun segment for you. Um, but first, guys, follow us on social media, both Twitter and Instagram, at no dunks inc tass's pick and payoff is up in both of our feeds go check that out it was it was so difficult dave <laughs> it was like i was in a ring getting power bombed on tax <laughs> i hit my finger off the rim it's still swollen 48 hours later i'm still nursing it i'm still holding it every moment of the day yes we were dunking on tass that was yeah. his payoff for losing the month of november mm-hmm. um it, it, you know it's good that only a, a sore finger was what came oh, You out guys of were that. nice. You guys were gentle. Yeah, Trey was throwing his weight around yeah. a couple times. Yeah. He bodied you a we couple got, times. Yeah. yeah. It's just the nature of the <laughs> just the nature of the beast. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's uh, a good time. You guys know we're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash no dunks inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. And email us your NBA questions and comments to no dunks at theathletic.com. We're gonna be stepping on the beach on Thursday, a little bit later this week. So get those questions and comments in now. All right, though, we're going to start today, guys, with a little up-down fun. Preparing your tumbies. It's the uh, up-down down report. The up-down report. First one, it was not pretty at times, but Tobias Harris scored 26 points to keep Philly perfect at home. 103-94 win over the Jazz. Al Horford chipped in 17. Sixers made a bunch of threes. Utah, though, finishes up their road trip 1-4. Only win coming against the Memphis Grizzlies. And they were down big in that game and had to come back. They were down 15 at one point. They got that one win. The Jazz are 12-9 and overall, 4-8 and on the road. Guys, are you up or down on panicking about the Utah Jazz? You're up if you want to panic. You're down if you don't. Dave, let's start with you. You're our guest. I'm down. You're down. Yeah. I, I think right now what we're seeing is uh, clearly they're struggling on the road. Their offense is, I think, 23rd in the league right now. The problem is that this is a team that needs to have a top three defense, mm-hmm. and they don't right now. They've they've been struggling a little bit. Obviously, Rudy Gobert missed a few games here and there. Uh, I think when they get Ed Davis back, that's going to help them quite a bit. You know, when he's back to full strength, and Mike Conley needs to. He's been rough, and he's not been good defensively either. Right. And this is really the key for this team. I mean, they need to have a fifteenth offense or better. Right. Okay. 
to, average at best. Exactly. Right. To compete. But they're going to win games on the defensive end, and they're not doing it right now. I mean, Toronto dusted them. Mm-hmm. And I even said, you know, looking at the schedule for, for last night, I was like, well, they really need a bounce back game because they've been scuffling. They clearly didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is what, like, Philadelphia can bully you. And they got bullied. And, and you know, so I'm not, but I'm not panic- panicking because they still have Rudy Gobert. And that is built in top five defense, right. no matter what. If the other guys can do the bare minimum, they're going to be fine. And it's early. They've got a rough start to the season, as they, usual. They, they do this, for sure. Every this is year. a jazz sort of thing where you start slow and then turn it on the second half. You guys agree with what Dave's saying? Let's not panic about the Jazz being yeah, 12 and 9. Their, their defense has been good for so long under Quinn Snyder. You know it's going to get better in time. But the crazy thing to me, though, is that their defense is allowing fewer points per possession this season than they were yeah, last season. That so is their weird. defense has been good. It's just that other defenses have been better. And Conley has been trash. He just hasn't been good at all so far. And he was kind of the key. I mean, Bogdanovich has been a quality signing. He's been putting up points. Mm-hmm. But you need another guy who can create. And Donovan Mitchell is really up and down. Conley has been a steady guy. Guy throughout his career, and he hasn't been for isn't the that, Jazz. Isn't that where Joe Ingles should come oh, back he's into? Been, the, he's, he's been bad too. Yeah, bring him back into the starting lineup. That's been a big change. You put him on the bench. He is a guy who can create. He's a guy who can play better with good players. He's that type of guy, right? Uh, they need a ball handler, especially with Conley struggling. That would be. I, I think that's the the next key is just get him in the starting lineup, and you get a little bit more out of Joe Ingles. He's, yeah, not to give him a pass, but he looked gassed going back to the Australia versus Canada games. And then he played Australia versus the US, and then he went to China, and then he came over here. A busy summer. He's had a very busy summer. And last night, he looks he just looks right now that he needs a break. That's what it looks like to me. He's not shooting the ball well. He's not scoring. Defensively, last night, when the Sixers made that run, uh, sorry, when the Jazz made that run. In the fourth. In the fourth. Basically, the, the Sixers said, Tobias Harris, or whoever, has got, whoever Joe Ingles was defending, just go at him mm-hmm. and you'll score. Simmons, he got an offensive foul, but he also got a layup there. And Tobias hit three or four baskets on him because Joe just was beat, getting beaten so much and he wasn't giving them anything on the offensive end. So that, yep. that definitely is a, a problem for them at the moment. The worrisome part is maybe Joe Ingles is dropping off here, yeah. uh, here at the age of, of 32 and people look at Mike Conley and, and we're, are worrying the same yeah. thing. Is Mike Conley just finally dropping off? But this is Mike Conley's... First time he's going to a, a new team, so mm-hmm. you got to give him a little bit of slack. But Jingles, baby, where are you? I know you're slow mojo, but you're super slow mojo right now. Who are you starting him for? Royce, Royce O'Neal? Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal. The bloom yeah. is off the robes with Royce O'Neal, it seems to be. He was he had a little buzz as a guy yeah. who can step out and play defense, maybe hit an open shot, but he's not giving the Jazz much either. I understand the idea of bringing Ingles off the bench sure. as a playmaker, yep. stabilizer guy. But the truth is, you got to find a way to play your five best guys together as much as you can, especially when you are the Utah Jazz and you, you have this struggling offense. And it's better to have four playmakers out there at once than three. Mm-hmm. I think he could add another dynamic. We know he can shoot, and maybe it takes some of the load off of him and he doesn't look so tired. Yeah, yeah and then the bench struggles. If he comes into the starting lineup 100%, that's a big, big-time worry if Joe Ingles is in the starting lineup. But their starting lineup is is the bigger worry to me right mm. now. So let's try and fix that. But I don't know. Joe has been he's played basically in every game of the last five seasons. Maybe Lee is on to something that he's tired. Well, I don't honestly know. though, that that game, those games against Canada, he just looked like he was exhausted. And so, but is he just tired like you because he's old? <laughs> Partly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he hates having to stay up for the late West Coast I, games, and he plays on the West Coast. It really sucks. <laughs> I think I think he's got twins, at like you know, three years oh, old or something as well. Now, so we got a million know. excuses for yeah. Joe. So 30, 32 was typically when we watch guys start to drop off, yeah. and I think we've just been a little. You know, insulated from that the last few years. I mean, Dwayne Wade, yes, he started to drop off, but it was such a high level still. Yeah. And obviously LeBron is just doing unprecedented things. But the truth is, most guys, 32, 33, that's when we do start to see the decline. And maybe this is him and Conley declining. Yeah, the the Conley excuse is fair, though we are now at the 20-game mark. I mean, I I was right there with everybody with the 5 to 10 games. Oh, he couldn't hit a shot. Oh, it's going to come back. Don't worry. You know, it's Mike Conley. It's it's steady Mike there, but he <laughs> is he was quoted after this one saying he is trying to figure out his role. Quote, I'm so used to having the ball in my hands, so it's an adjustment. That's fair. The guy was Definitely. the lead point guard of his own team for a long time and now he's there with Donovan Mitchell and even a playmaker like Joe Ingles at times like, yeah, the ball 
is out of your hands. But we were all excited about that possibility because we were like, Mike right. Conley's pretty good off the ball. Yeah. Mike Conley can hit a three, uh, you know, spot-up three-point uh, shot, but he's, he's struggling to knock him down. I thought what Bobby Marks tweeted, too, about this Jazz struggling right now, yeah, they might get it going, but what is concerning is following in, falling into that six to eight sort of range in the Western Conference, like that is, mm. to, to quote Bobby Marks, that's the gauntlet of death staring at you in round <laughs> one. And that's the truth. I mean, yeah, great, you might make the playoffs. The Jazz want to do a lot more than just make the playoffs. Coming into the season, people are like, oh, they're a dark horse title contender. So being anywhere there, that's a worry. I mean, you're going to have to go through some powerhouses to get even to the conference finals, mm-hmm. let yeah. alone the finals. I thought with the continuity that they had and adding Conley and Bogdanovich, I was – I thought they were top two or three seeds. So you were one of these people. I was. The, yeah, same here. Well, because when you can defend the way that they can, yeah. and all you need to do is have an average offense, and then you add Mike Conley and Boyan Bogdanovich, I mean, it, on paper, it looked like an amazing summer for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, maybe we were fooled, but I think let's see All-Star break. Okay, All-Star break. Uh, and just one thing with this game. You said Donovan Mitchell up and down. Remember we were talking about, I was like, wow, Donovan Mitchell having is having an awesome year. Like, look at Definitely. the stats, look at the points. Like, it sort of had surprised me. And what did we say? It's like, because he has these type of games where, like, these just clunkers. Like, yeah. last night was 6-19. and 19. He has these every once in a while when you're like, you know, yeah, they were down huge and they got back into it. This And, again, the Sixers did a great job to get that lead. They gave it all back. There was times watching this game. I know some people will say the score looks a lot closer than it was. I actually disagree with that. There were times in the fourth quarter where, like, the Sixers were giving you this game. Like, here you go. You can make this a two-possession game with, like, four minutes to go, and then it's anybody's. But they were just taking bad shots still and couldn't knock them down. But that's and, the thing. They had Gobert going in scoring easily inside. Yeah. But then they kind of went away from that a little bit. Yeah. Which was a little bit weird because they were basically just spreading it out, letting Gobert run inside. Against MB too, for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And he was scoring. Yeah, they were trying to hit the three to get yeah. that, that, you know, get that score even closer. They were going for the home run. They were swinging for the fences a little too this much is, there. This is where they missed Ricky Rubio. How because, so? Because Rubio would not go away from Gobert. Ru- Rubio's, you know, kind of mind the way it works, and he's he's tracking as things are running. Like he's more like a Isaiah Thomas style point guard, where he's like, okay, this guy needs to get going. These, all right, this guy is cooking. I think that this is where they miss that guy. Because what you have is, I mean, Donovan Mitchell's a score-first guy. Mm-hmm. Of course. Connolly's so used to kind of being that guy. I think this is where they're missing that. Maybe Joe Ingles is that guy. Maybe they put him in the starting lineup, and he, and he helps that way. I don't mm. know. Sure. One note about the Sixers fans, too. Did you guys see the entire arena late in this one trying to goad Ben Simmons into shooting a three-pointer? Uh, yeah. When the Sixers were like... Running down the clock. Yeah. I mean, it, the game was not over. There was like 18 seconds on the shot clock at one point, and the Sixers fans were like, shoot it, shoot it. Like, you can hear this. That's a weird look. And I know they're perfect at home. Things are great. You know, Embiid did not have a good game. He looked straight up gassed. But Tobias was their closer in this mm-hmm. one, so to speak, and mm-hmm. Ben Simmons had a pretty good game. That's still... I don't know how I feel about that, the Sixers fans. In a game that they're trying to win, he's trying to run down the clock... And they're, like, literally saying, like, basically just shoot it so we can all go home happy and say we saw Ben Simmons shooter maybe hit a three-pointer. <laughs> After I, seeing that one from the corner, you just want to see another one, yeah. you know? I just wish people could be happy with the fantastic player that Ben Simmons is. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, he doesn't shoot threes, but there's plenty of guys that have been very, very good that didn't shoot threes. Yep. Magic Johnson shot less than two a game. and Different time, though. Absolutely. But at the same time, look at the stuff that Ben Simmons does. At an incredible level. I mean, he's a top 25 player, probably, without shooting a three. Mm-hmm. Without shooting a jumper, right. let yeah. alone a three. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I want him shooting at the basket. Y- yeah. Okay. It, it is strange to watch their offense, though, because you watch Joel Embiid coming around pin downs just because they yeah. need space. This is a seven-foot monster who is literally running around. Yesterday, he hit five shots. One was a three-pointer, two were off pin downs, one was against Ed Davis because Ed Davis is <laughs> tiny. Uh, it wasn't against Rudy Gobert in the post because they're just trying to create space for him. And Brett Brown has to get more creative than any coach in the league offensively. And then they just they grit out these wins, and Tobias and Josh Richardson have to step around, step up around him. It's, uh, it's, cool. it's cool to watch it as an experiment. For us, but for Brett Brown, I don't think it's fun. I think he would just want a guy just to toss it to Joel Embiid. Here you go, man. Go kill it. Um, but I don't know. Joel Embiid, I don't think, is having fun doing this either. I think he would like that as well. And there are some people saying, why is Joel Embiid actually even playing in this game? If you're, we're going to get into the whole load management thing, this was three and four nights mm-hmm. here for games, and he looked gassed. 
maybe it is one of those ones where, and he does, especially when you see that he maybe doesn't have a going either. I mean, he was, it was a rough, rough night for him. Yeah, maybe but he's been, one he's been playing so well, though, lately. I think if well, you're, yeah, if you're yeah, in that after, rhythm. After Marcus Sol shut yeah, down, yeah. That's the thing. Once you're in a rhythm, you just want to keep keep riding that wave, I guess. Did you think he looked exhausted, though? Yeah, he did, for sure, for sure. But he often does, I think, you know. He, he sort of, he's a, he lopes around the court at times. But when he is engaged and when he's determined, he looks great. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, he, he sort of drifts in and out a little bit at times. Sixers 10-0 and 0 at home. And, and Horford had a good one. Matisse Thibel, that kid's fun yeah. to watch. That guy gets his hand on everything. Uh, so they're looking good. All right, keep it moving here, though, guys. The Bucks won their 12th straight game last night, 132-88. to 88. It was a rough night in the association with some of the scores. Um, but they killed the Knicks. Giannis, he needed 14 minutes to record another double-double. <laughs> he finished with 29 points, 15 rebounds. He got a little bit of the night. Bucks won by 44 points after beating Charlotte. By 41 on Saturday. Both times, guys, rocking those uh, controversial Cream City jerseys. But now that you've seen them in action, are you up or down on those jerseys, on the Cream City jerseys? Well, you know, two blowouts in the Cream City jerseys. You can't, it's hard to be down on that. And the jerseys, they look beautiful. They the look gen- great. The really jerseys nice. look great. It's just the name. It's exactly. Just, it's, that's they all it is. They still say Cream City yeah. on the front. Yeah. So if it said something else, yeah. you love the color yeah. uh, is palette. It, is it a good thing to have, you know, the, the Cream City name? It comes from the bricks. Mm-hmm. This is a basketball team. Do you really want to have ooh. that kind of energy? Well, obviously that's not, not happening, though. I mean, they're punking teams. They're creaming teams yeah. out there. The second be- <laughs> they have the second best offense in the league and the best defense in the league. And, and we've talked about it a little bit on the show already. And it feels like no one's really talking about them. I mean, look, I mean, we're having some fun here. We're asking about the jerseys. We could be talking about them winning 12 straight. And Giannis probably going to well on his way to looking winning back-to-back MVPs. But they're not really being talked about all that much. I think it's because we saw it all last year. It, this is it, We expected the this. Same. Yeah. That's right. I mean, clearly uh, there's, a lot, there's been a lot of talk around the team about what they lost instead of what they picked up. In, in I mean, Brockton, West, yeah. West Matthews has been really good for them. Robin Lopez has given them good minutes off the bench. And obviously Giannis being even better than he was last year yep. is a big deal. But it, it really is a lot of the same. And the narrative is going to be, well, let's see what it looks like in the playoffs. Right, right. Uh, Middleton, he returned to the starting lineup last night. Uh, he had been coming off the bench for three games. Again, that's something like just no one really an even discussed. Back. That's what yeah. I mean. Like He's an all-star guy. He's the second-best player on the Bucs. Eh. We barely even talked about it, but he was averaging about 14 points as a reserve. He was sidelined for a good chunk there with the uh, um, the bruised left thigh. He came in. He had 10 points early in this one, so he's back in the starting lineup, and, and here we go. But Bucks look amazing. Yeah. I know it's the Knicks, but they, they're killing these There teams. was that one play where Giannis just kind of goes down the lane and Julius Randle's defending him. It's like he just ignores the fact yeah. that there's a, there's a 6'9 guy there who's trying to stop him, and he's just like, I'm just going to dunk. You can you can do whatever you want, but I'm just going to dunk on that you That was right a now. monster. <laughs> Did you see the, uh, I'm sure you saw the tweets going yeah. around, comparing it to uh, Michael Jordan in Space Jam with the, <laughs> the arm extending? I mean, it looks pretty similar. It's, he was is. outside of the restricted circle yeah, and reached and dunked. <laughs> Powerfully. Yes. Like, powerfully. That's the crazy part to me. He doesn't just, like, lay it in or just dink it over the rim. No, he, like, hammers it home from so far away. And, and he hit three threes last night. Yeah. Stepping into uh, always above the break, always from the top of the key. Yep. Never never in the corner. Never in the corner. No, that's no. where he does it. He can maybe shoot a layup from the corner, you know? <laughs> just stretch the arm out, flip it up in there. But uh, the the last few wins for the Bucks have been Bulls, Hawks, Blazers, Pistons, Jazz, yeah. Hawks, Cavaliers, Hornets, Knicks, Luckily, Friday, we got a good one. The Clippers come to Milwaukee. Both teams will be rested. Neither team has a back-to-back the next night. Okay. Everybody should be playing. Everybody should be playing. <laughs> so that's a tasty one right there yeah. on okay. a Friday. That's what, a Friday night. You've got to win the games that are in front of you. And this is what good teams do. They mm-hmm. beat the garbage opponents. And this is why... That's the only way to get to these 60-win marks, right. 65 wins, whatever. And this is why when good teams lose to bad teams, we should be maybe a little bit more concerned. Mm-hmm. But dominating you know, bad teams is, is what good teams are supposed to do yeah. so you know uh, you know it's like the the lakers have started 17 and 3 good yeah yes their schedule has been easy but they've beaten every good team or and, every bad team and this is especially good these these 40 point blowout wins for the bucks because earlier in the season we had talked about it they were they were beating these bad teams but they, they would give up these massive leads they'd get up the 25 and then suddenly it'd be like a two possession game and you're like oh now they're just like all right we're just going to put you away and this is their load management with Giannis. This is my favorite part. They did this last year as well. It's not really him taking off games. It's let's just destroy teams so he doesn't have to play 
you know, for 15 minutes here Smart. and there. Yeah. It was a, a, the 2015-2016 Warriors mm-hmm. strategy right. with Steph Curry. That's know? right. If you only have to play three quarters, that's great. Yeah. They can suggest it to him to take games off, but uh, he he's not doing it. No. no. And, and just a note that nobody necessarily cares about, but I, I, I love the bros thing going on on their team. As you mentioned, Dave, Robin Lopez, he's got the best three-point percentage of any of the big men, better than <laughs> better than uh, Brooks. You think he's letting them know about that? Yeah. yeah, he's sipping that tea. And uh, bro Thanasis Adetokubo oh, came yeah. off the bench for a career high for 10 points yesterday. Whew. The bros are having some fun. And just back to the creams for a second. I know we all have our uh, our minds in the cream gutter a little bit, and yeah. we, we can't stop talking about it. But the jerseys look awesome, and they've gone to the I'm, – I'm showing the guys now. Oh, yeah. Mm. The, the creams from a couple of years yeah. ago. It just doesn't say Cream City on That's them. That's right. But they always look good. I don't yeah. know. The beige on the floor. It's really nice. It's something about the, the lighting, too, in, yeah. in the Pfizer Arena. It's just – it's perfect. I like it's, their cream better than Philadelphia's cream, which, <laughs> you know, there's this cream cheese. Fair enough. <laughs> But uh, I think their 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 shade of cream is that a thing? Their shade of cream is more attractive than Phillies on their like script uniforms. I would agree with that. All right, next one, guys. <laughs> Crazy game between the Suns and the Hornets last night. After blowing a twenty point lead, Kelly Oubre Jr. made his last two threes, both coming in the final fifty five seconds, as Phoenix overcame a seven point deficit in the final minute to beat Charlotte one hundred nine one hundred four. This was a wild, wild ending. Uh, Kelly Oubre finished with twenty three points on the night. Bumping his season average up, guys, to around 18 points per game. Got six boards in there, nearly a steal and a half. Shooting splits, 46-34-80. Are you guys up or down on Kelly Oubre Jr.? Most improved chances. At least um, being at the small table for the conversation <laughs> of most improved. Oh, how many titles have a table, too? Yeah. Well, yeah. There's, a, there's an MVP table. There's a most improved table. There's a rookie table. But is but Kelly Oubre the, Jr.? But he's at the small table of the most improved big table. Is that right? No, I'm asking. Is oh, he at right. The, right. the main most right. improved <laughs> table? Well, I'll, I'll go. And there's six people at the table. Yeah, I'll, I'll go down because it's a pretty healthy table okay. this year. There's, okay. a, there's a lot of other guys out there who I think are standing out more. But I will say, I think Kelly Oubre is really thriving in Phoenix. And I think largely because they involve him in the offense. In Washington, it always felt like Might he. Might go was, back to Rubio. <laughs> in Washington, it always felt like he had to feed off the scraps whatever Beal and Wall didn't want he could get and and Washington didn't really know how to use him I mean they gave him away for Trevor Ariza and you look at a guy now who's in a team that that's struggling that um, needs someone who can spread the floor shoot the three-pointer and defend and he's doing really well so he's he's having a fantastic season but no I don't think he's going to win most improved because uh, there's just too many other really good guys standing out like right. for instance Frank Kaminsky <laughs> in the mix for most improved you see that five-point possession Kaminsky and Oubre teaming I think, up. I think this speaks to the importance of role and a guy finding the right role because coaching staff changed. Obviously, roster changed quite a bit, but he did this after he came over from Washington last year. His numbers this season yep. are almost identical to what he was putting up. He's rebounding a little bit better, shooting better. This yep. is the best shooting season. Yeah, a little of his more career. efficient, but you're you're not yeah. wrong. And he played forty games. I, I forgot for, for right. Phoenix last year. Yeah, yeah. so I, I think that this might be who he is for right now. I mean, maybe he could be a twenty point a game guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd love yeah. to see his shooting, his three point shooting improve more. But you know, he's still young. I, I think he's got room for growth. Um, most improved? I'm not sure. I, I I mean, there's a lot of guys vying for that yeah. most improved, and and I think that when so many you know so many of this is about the voters. And they're going to look at last year's stats when he got to Phoenix, and they're going to look at this year's, and they're going to say, well, these are very similar. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of growth. But the truth is you have to look at that that trade and this year mm-hmm. as like this year. Right, instead right, of right. Instead of just saying, well, you know, 17, 18, same. No. So maybe. I think he's in that, you know, top 10 of most improved for sure. It's cool to see a guy who's labeled as a, a 3 and D guy really thrive because a lot of the times that people – People get assigned this label because they're not necessarily great at one or the <laughs> other of those things. So you put two labels on them, and that's better than being mediocre at one label. It's like uh, Terrence Ferguson is trying to do that in OKC. Otto Porter hasn't been able to find it. Uh, like uh, Stanley Johnson, uh, Reggie Bullock. There's lots of guys get that label and just can't thrive. Kelly Oubre is doing it. Um, you know, he's he's shutting down guys. He's always really, really long. Um, as on the defensive end, and yeah, shooting his best percentage. So good for him. He's improved. He has improved. But the, yeah. the names are like Siakam, Doncic. Obviously, you know you got to throw Shea Gilgis Alexander up and down. There's too many guys. Right. So I would agree with you. You said the three and D. I mean, he Kelly like last night 
that's exactly what he did to help them win this game. Three and D. He hit the threes, like I said, and then he had a couple defensive possessions because the Hornets, they were setting up for a potential winning shot when, you know, on a P.J. Washington sort of handoff. Mm -hmm. Kelly Oubre, he was swiped at that ball, got it out clean, and then went off his leg, and that was going the other way. Rubio hit two free throws. Hornets still have a chance to hit a three to tie the game. Kelly Oubre Jr. is the one on Devontae Graham, and Devontae is going nowhere on him. Has to chuck up like a, a dream three and it air balls badly. So he's doing literally the three and D to yeah. close that game up. I'm, I'm way more impressed by his defense this year yeah. than the offense. I mean, he, he's been fantastic. I, I think he'll probably get some all-NBA defense team mm, wow. buzz. He, he's been really, really good. And it doesn't show up necessarily in you know steals and blocks. But yeah. he's been the key, I think, to their perimeter defense. And Monty Williams, this is something that I think when we start co- talking coach of the year – that we're going to bring up is, is how drastically different that defense looks. Yeah, for sure. And I saw we had a tweet come into us last night. So, yeah, he's his MIP chances very low. But I liked this tweet from at Patrick McKintz too. If most improved had a first and second team like they do for rookies, which he asked which players would be on it. Now, we don't have to go through like the 10 <laughs> players. But I think Kelly Oubre might have a better chance yeah, to be on like a second that, team right. most improved. Second yeah. team most yeah. improved. Yeah, well, we good. need more awards. Yeah, that's yeah. right. We, get, we, we need content, Dave. We need yeah, stuff to talk about. I think we about. need player of the day instead of just player of the week. Wow. <laughs> Let's wow. go there. Wow. Okay, well, speaking of that, on Monday, the league named Carmelo Anthony. It's Western Conference Player of the Week. Mellow. Mellow. The Blazers went 3-0, and beating the Bulls twice as well as the Thunder. <laughs> Stop laughingly. Mello led those efforts, averaging 22.3 points, 7.7 boards, 2.7 assists. But guys like James Harden. James Harden scored 94 points in two wins during the week. Luka Doncic averaged 39-9 and as the Mavs went 2-1. and Guys, are you up or down on Mello being named the Western Conference Player of the Week? Dave, what do you think? I'm way up. You're <laughs> way All the up. way up. All the way up. I think. I mean, it's fun. Who cares? No one has ever <laughs> yes. cared about yes. the Hawks. Were like, didn't yep. they have their whole player of the month? Player of the month, month. right? Yeah, oh, that just, was a great month. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's pointless, and it's a great story. And and, and I think you know, and obviously I, I watch a lot of Portland games, um, all of them. And uh, Mello has been perfect in his role. And if you look, and you look at his numbers: seventeen point seven points, six rebounds, shooting thirty seven percent from three, great. about fifty percent on twos. Moving the ball like Olympic mellow, he is doing exactly all of the things that everyone said he needed to do yep. to be able to come back and stick. I, I don't know that that it could go any better than it is. Right. So yeah, why not? It's great. He's now won it 19 times. I didn't even know Player of the Week was a thing I until w- a couple weeks ago. I was just going <laughs> to ask you how many times is how many times without looking. Hopefully you didn't. How many times has James Harden won Player of the Week? Twelve. 14. 24 times. Okay. Yeah, sure. I know. <laughs> more than Mellow? Yeah, more than Mellow. But Can this is it? the first time for Mellow since 2014. That's right. This is a <laughs> long gap. March 2014 when Mellow was with the Knicks, the last time he went player. So do you do you agree with what Dave's nah, saying? Like, I'm it, down. I'm down. This is awful, man. This is awful for the league. It's awful for <laughs> Mellow. No, okay. I mean, who won player of the week last week? Uh, Giannis. Maybe? Well, Giannis won Spencer this week. Oh, well. yeah. Yeah. Spencer, Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie. Right. Nice one. The, the, the thing is, you know, Nobody people... Carl, Carl Anthony Towns. It's a story for like an hour or two. People get outraged over the wall boy. Yeah. So, and that's that's our little... Th- your little thing. That's my thing. Exactly. Where I decide that guy had a good fantasy So, life. when Carmelo Anthony wins player of the week, people just lose their mind as if it means anything. <laughs> I remember oh. once Jerry Sloan was awarded uh, coach of the month. Sure. And someone said, oh, yeah, they said to him after the game, you know, you're happy you won coach of the month. And he said, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, you know, you had yeah. the best record. For, I, d- I do forget for like, 29 days that there's a coach of the month. And yeah. then I got real. Oh, yeah. Nick Nurse Nick won Nurse it. Just Nick Nurse. For November. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. But Frank. there's uh, East and West, though. Frank, Frank Vogel Frank. won it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, <laughs> you <laughs> coach cool. of the month. For is that a trophy, you think? Or is that just like a certificate? They should pass around one trophy. Oh, yeah, okay. It gets delivered. You like, but, get to scratch your little uh, your name on it well, for every month. Well, I mean, speaking of that, I saw Ghostface Zilla writing this morning. Does anyone actually know how Player of the Week is decided? Mm. How is it decided? Is it Adam Silver just says? They Adam. just draw names out of a hat. I do, yeah. I imagine it's just stats on wins. Stats on no, wins. No, I, under, I understand. Yeah, but who decides? Oh, who decides? Right. It's, ah. Somebody is doing my job of woe boy. Yeah. I hope it's, of maybe it's you. I, I hope it's a <laughs> social media <laughs> intern. How many woe boys it's just someone that I think it might be. He's like, Melo got a lot of retweets this week. Yeah. Did, yeah. Player did, of the did week? Melo get any woe boys? 
Uh, has he had a low boy? No, mm. definitely not. I mean, Ooh, he's because he's been solid like Dave's saying, but he hasn't had like crazy, crazy lines. Mm. He had twenty five. Uh, he had twenty five and eight in the one game versus the Bulls. And he had twenty three and eleven in the other. Wasn't game that the same night that Harden scored sixty? Yeah, yeah, I mean that's the thing. <laughs> Good luck. I did see. I may have, it may have been Mark Spears saying. It's pretty rare. Maybe it's never happened for a player to win player of the week only having played two games. Hmm. I mean, then that's the <laughs> one sure, knock. Sure. Try, and, try and research that. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, three wins is more than two wins. It adds so, up. You, you know, you can, you can talk analytics about the points. Bold, <laughs> you can talk about the points, but, you, you know, those wins matter. <laughs> they do. All I right. can't wait. Tonight, he's, he'll be playing up yeah. against Paul George, nationally televised game. Friday, it's a battled banana boats going up against the Lakers this week rather, yeah. rather than the yeah. Chicago OKC week is going to be fun to watch. Well, Something- you're saying Melo going up against a revenge game all three weeks, all three games this week? The Bulls, a team he will always be connected with right. for those 10 days he was signed and yep. just around, and of course his legendary time in OKC. Let's see if he can do it against a team that he doesn't have some immense history against. <laughs> that is the test. Tonight. That is the test. All right, we got lots more still to come here on today's Daily Show. But first, Lee, a word from our sponsors. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, baby. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a hard day at work and I'm spent, baby. You've or, never had a hard day at work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hard right now. Sorry, honey. <laughs> you got your mojo, baby. <laughs> but with Roman, it is easy to talk about with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. Simple, safe, and totally discreet, baby. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for Ed, ED, all from the comfort and privacy. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, Ed. You're killing us, man. Ed is a great movie, by the way. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best... (laughs) Read the damn script, man. (laughs) The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash nodunks and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today and connect with a doctor and take care of it, baby. Just go to GetRoman.com slash NoDunks to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash NoDunks for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash NoDunks, baby. Uh, ED, Ed, the movie? I looked at it. Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think it's got? Audience hmm. score. Do you remember uh, Ed? Do you I know? do. I don't even Audience know Audience score? Uh, do, you do you remember score, the movie yeah, Ed? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, a, it's like a precursor of reality television, right? Like he's... Ed TV. That's Ed TV. That's Ed TV. Oh. I'm Ooh. talking straight What's Ed. Ed? <laughs> Matt, straight Ed. The monkey? Matt, that's right. Matt, Matt LeBlanc. Matt, Matt LeBlanc, LeBlanc and the monkey playing oh, baseball. Okay. That changes. Oh, Ed TV, seven, I was going high. Ed? 17%. Uh... You're close, twenty two percent. Twenty two percent was, uh, I believe, the uh, fan score, <laughs> and it had a zero percent, um, t- like the to- tomato meter or whatever they call mm. it. Oh, yeah. is that from the, the like professional critics? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. just elitist. Zero percent, twenty two percent from the fans. <laughs> Ed, not to be confused with yeah, Ed TV, which, which is I think decent, also what I was right? thinking about. That's McConaughey, right? I think so. Uh, yeah. yeah, I bet that's in the seventies. Ed TV was good. Ed yeah. TV, McConaughey, Ellen DeGeneres was in that. Wow, oh, what wow. A cast. really? Yeah. And then there's Eddie. Rob Reiner. Eddie. Yeah. Eddie's great with Whoopi and the Knicks. Oh yeah. She should be coaching yeah, the next. So top five right here, almost. Oh my goodness! Top, All right, top five Eds. Uh, well, from top five to four, we got a new segment called "The Four by Four. Oh yeah! Wow! JD wow. knocking it out of the park with that one. That's incredible. You gotta get. That's gotta be like. You your, know what? Uh, I had uh, that as a license plate. To four, to four by four, four by four. Was it yeah. on a Ford F one? It was. A, it was an old. Jeep, it was a Jeep Cherokee. <laughs> oh, that I used to, like, oh, that works. Yeah. I, well, so I have a a Synchro Vanagon. Um, Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, I have a Synchro Vanagon, um, and I really want to get that plate again for the van. Yeah. Because it, you know, it's kind of a beast. To four oh, by yeah. four. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I love it. I, uh, I'm gonna need that drop. That's my new ringtone. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that would be badass. Oh, it's great to see JD in here riding the levels. 
I missed him in here. Uh, all right, so the four by four segment. We got four questions for you, Dave. Okay. And that's as simple as it is. We <laughs> really have, didn't put a lot of thought into it. Hopefully I have four it. answers. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> you have to answer, ho, every single time. Yeah. <laughs> Top DeFore MVP candidates. Who does Dave DeFore have? Top four. Giannis, I think Luka, LeBron, James Harden, Siakam is like so, okay, in there, so, okay, right? Okay, Siakam's the, fifth. The, the thing about Harden and, and Luka, they're kind of like my, you know, 4A, 4B. Because of the wins. Because of the wins. Okay. Siakam should maybe be weighted to first because of what he's doing without Lowry and without Ibaka. Um, But, I mean, Giannis has just been so dominant. Right. Giannis Giannis was without Chris Middleton. Right. And Giannis is going to win. I mean, this is, you know, we know how this is built. The narrative's all, it's all before Christmas. Mm -hmm. Um, So Giannis will be the MVP, but I think there's like five legitimate candidates. You think he's got enough narrative right now to be the MVP for the whole season? I mean, he's just so dominant. He looks like Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. Can't deny it. Yeah. Because he sort of has... So far, he wrote out the narrative of Luca. Look what he's doing. LeBron, look point. at that hot star. And he's sort of just all and Harden, of course. And Harden, yeah, yeah. And it's like Giannis was sort of just sort of just still laying low a little bit, but still putting up the monster numbers. And now and he the was, wins are racking up. He was bell to bell last year. Yeah, and I, I yeah. think that to do that again, you know, this is you know Steph Curry esque. Yeah. What happens if James Harden averages forty? Won a game. I, the wins, I think, are going to matter. I hope they're going to matter. You know, the, the the whole thing when when Russ. Average a triple double and one MVP on a mediocre team. Forty-seven win team. Yeah, five was. They were they were five seed or a six seed. Yeah, they were low. I understood the arguments, but that felt like a baseball MVP. And I think that basketball has just been so good about having one of the guys from the top two teams for years. Um, so I'd love to see us go back to that because winning needs to matter more. Uh, more than the numbers, and and this is where I, I kind of hold the the records against Harden and and Luca. Now it's early, yeah. So they may come back. I mean, the the Mavs are playing like a fifty win team. The the Rockets are right now playing like a fifty fifty five win team. So we'll see. But I mean, clearly Giannis is the front runner. Yeah, right? the year Westbrook did win it, sixteen seventeen, forty seven wins. And you had the narrative of Katie leaving, too. That was right. a oh, yeah. huge part of it. And he led the league Oh, and scoring. it was a bad yeah. team. Yeah. I mean, he definitely yeah. was important. Yeah. But it was just, you know, I, I want to add more value to winning games in a regular season. I yeah. think it should matter. Okay. Giannis just isn't winning on the internet right now. Mm. And that doesn't pertain. It has no uh, implementation on what the voters vote later on. Mm-hmm. But right now, he's not sexy. He's not winning the narrative. Uh, it's just like when voters go to the polls. What we're reading on Twitter, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, 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 it's true, and people don't care about dunking. They want the right. fancy step backs, and we've got a modern-day Tim Duncan happening right now in that way where he's not he doesn't talk that much. He's not that uh, charismatic, but he just goes to work every day, and, and he wins, yeah. and he's going to win MVP. I, as, I agree at the end of the day. As long as Nate Silver doesn't say he's going to win, he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nice. our next question. Favorite team to watch? Who's your favorite team to watch right now? Phoenix has been a lot of fun this year. Charlotte's been a lot of fun this year. They have. Can't deny it. But I think it's Toronto. Oh. I, I'm, I'm just playing I mean, to the crowd. I really am just playing to the crowd. Uh, Nick Nurse is, is probably doing the most creative and interesting coaching in the league right now. It's a lot of fun to watch. And they've got, I mean, they've got guys that shouldn't be as good as they are performing well. I mean, you know. Just by by the eye test, right? You look, you look at Fred Van Vliet, and he's a little bit taller than I am, and he is killing it. Yep. I mean, he's going to make a lot of money this summer. Uh, Siakam improving again. You know, before the season, I said I thought he sh- he's probably going to wind up being talked about as the most improved player yep. again, and he's it's proving true. MVP candidate. Um, you know, I I just think that they have like a really really interesting thing happening. And I love the fact that nobody believed in this team for some reason, and they're they're looking like they're going to make a finals run. Yeah, and then guys like Chris Boucher has played well. Mm-hmm. Rondé Hall's Jefferson has been revived. Norm Terrence Powell. Davis, yeah, Norm Renaissance. Powell. Yeah, um, it's you're, fun. You're it right. is fun to watch because the expectations are different for them. I'm yeah. sure in the locker room they're like, compared to last year, where our expectations were, hey, we got it. We have a 61 team in this locker room now. Right. It's hey, we're playing for us. I think they have a real chance to come out of the East. They don't wow. have a lot of glaring weaknesses, and, and and especially because of Siakam's improvement. Whereas Philadelphia, you know, we we know about their offensive issues. Their defense, I think, is going to be great, but the offense is going to be a problem. Uh, Milwaukee, 
can they adjust once the playoffs hit and everything changes? And we know Nick Nurse with his creativity as a coach. Again, I give him so much credit. Oh, yeah. I think he's a coach of the year right now. Yeah. Uh, it's him or Vogel. And uh, so it's a lot of fun to watch, especially, you know, from, from my standpoint. I, I love to watch creative coaching and guys that he does a really good job of putting his guys in a, in a position to succeed without impeding their creativity. And I think that's really, really hard to do. And he's not afraid to try things right. either, right? I mean, he will on throw the fly, stuff at the yeah, wall. He will. The and boxing one last year, you know, everyone is acting like this, it was this super innovative thing. It really wasn't. It was just if you're willing to not have preconceived notions about what NBA basketball is and what NBA defense is. Brad Stevens did this. He brought back the flex offense. Like all of his out-of-bounds play are, are, are flex. And people think he's a genius, but really he's just like, well, this is high school. Yeah, let's try this. Still, it, it all works for a reason. So I, I love Nurse for that, and I, I think that seems a lot of fun. I, I am still a little hesitant to see oh, yeah. whether is this it, can work are, in the playoffs. No. These are de- no, no, I'm hearing you. It's, it, it's deja vu for Raptors fans for like two to three to four to five to six years ago when people started to believe, <laughs> yeah. like Dave is saying, it's becoming a little bit more of a common refrain. This team can come out of the East. You know, smart people are saying it. But I say it's deja vu for us as Raptors fans because you don't want to buy it. You don't want to believe because you're going to get hurt in the end, like always. Because it feels I just, like prior I'm not to the championship years. that Pascal Siakam, as great as he's been, and I was right there in September with you, Dave, saying this guy could win most improved back-to-back. And now so he's like exceeding those expectations. He's in the MVP conversation, and rightfully so. I'm still not convinced the defense is going to be awesome, yes. That's going to keep you in a lot of games and possibly win you a lot of games in in the regular season and the playoffs. But it's a tie game or you're down one. I just we the Raptors had Kawhi and it was like give him the ball. He's going to get a good look, no matter who's on him. He's yeah. going to get to his spot. He's going to rise up, and and that as we saw in that playoff run more times than not knock it down. I'm just. So now it's Siakam and it really right. it's like okay spin your way to a basket or. You know, hit maybe a three in the corner. Like I just he takes so many ugly looking shots it. where it looks like he's just falling right. over. He's throwing it at the rim and it goes in yeah. so, so many times. Good, I know. He's a better tough shot maker than I realized. I know. My, I know. my thing was I knew he had more off the dribble game, and we were going to get to see it this year. But Kawhi was great at hitting those tough shots, oh. like contested. But if you look at Siakam, he he's shooting thirty nine percent from three. Uh, like a little uh, over six attempts I, a game. I know. it's 85% of his three-point attempts are tightly contested, and he's still hitting them. So yeah. you might have that tough yeah. shot maker yeah. in Siakam. Uh, be amazing. I hope it's true. Obviously, Siakam it's now fans. better than Lowry and DeRozan through their through their stretch together, you know, when they were the, the number one guys kind of taking turns. That's funny. We, we got an email question asking, would oh. you rather bet on Lowry and DeRozan going to an NBA Finals or Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet? Yeah, we have it. Oh, put it in the dock, baby. Yeah, it's, it's a great one. Well, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna cheat and say Siakam and Lowry. I guess is where I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, go with yeah, that. Exactly. But, but that's a good question. All right, next one here, Dave. What's your thoughts on the midseason tournament proposal? Okay, and we were asking this. We've talked about it. I'm sure yeah, you deep, have. You deep have as well. sigh. But Mark Stein was tweeting yesterday that all elements of the NBA's potential midseason tournament remain in the discussion phase. But one idea proposed to incentivize teams is to embrace the new competition is furnishing the tournament winner with an extra draft pick. So there's this being thrown around now. So you can, yeah. What are your yeah. thoughts on this whole thing? I thought that on on today's Daily Ding. Uh, Waz made a really good point where he said that the hardcore fans of the NBA are starting to identify more with GMs than players. And this seems like pandering to those people. Why would LeBron James, I mean, maybe LeBron's different because he would care about the draft pick because you could trade it for, you know, a guy who's played for 15 years, hmm. right? Like you could trade it for Richard Jefferson. Right. Um, or he may want to draft his son. Right. Down the road. <laughs> but but the average NBA player, that's a okay, so it's another guy who come and take my job. Like the players don't care. Organizations are going to look at these games like they don't matter. I mean, I think maybe playoff seeding might do it. This is going to just be like the tournament cups that you see in 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 European So you soccer. don't think I think it's a waste. The truth is it's a half measure. They're going to wind up, you know, 1,230 games is going to turn into, like, you know, 1,245. They're actually going to wind up playing more games, I think, with the tournaments. It's just, listen, cut the season down or don't. Keep it at 82. I threw this out last week. I was like, I think they're throwing out these awful proposals just so we'll all say, you know what, 82 is fine. Leave it alone. (laughs) 82 is fine. It just just doesn't make any sense. And, you know, they're going to have to negotiate this whole thing. I just don't see it happening. 
What do you guys think about the draft pick? Because we haven't talked about that little possibly being thrown in there as a carrot of some that, sort. <clears throat> that's what they need to do to incentivize it, I think. But so do you really think, like Dave's saying, are the players going to care at all about a draft pick? Why? Yeah, I, I don't know. They're going to treat it like preseason. If they play, they'll treat it like yeah. preseason. I, I'm not sure. It's, it's, it's hard to... Sp- to figure out if the players will care or not, but certainly the organisations will be pushing for their players to go out there and perform. So, you know, like, hey, listen, guys, Zion's the number one pick. We want to get that number one pick. It probably won't be number one, of course. but uh, Help our chances. Yes. Like, go out there and play, and we might have Zion. Let, let's say there's a LeBron in the draft right. coming up in a couple of years. Guys, we want that draft pick. I, I think it. it's going to have to be a multi-level sort of incentive program. Someone threw out the idea that maybe the, the tournament finish order, however you determine it, would set the order for the second round of the draft. Mm. That's interesting. But then how much are you going to – like how much of a bonus will the players get, right? That's really what it is. Money talks. Money. Mm-hmm. It's money with this. Money talks. You need these, gi- you need these giant sponsors right. to put up some dough. That's right. And then, yeah, then guys might play. And, and <laughs> all of this is – you know, this midseason tournament, this is just they're looking for stuff to sell to the networks because they yes. don't want to see a drop in that TV money. But it's just not compelling. Compelling is, you know, making the regular season matter. And this is why I've been pushing for cutting to 58 games – Daryl Morey actually thinks that the league could make more money that way. Now, the ticket price thing does become an issue, but you could have a balanced schedule, no conferences. We actually would know who the best teams are and never have a back-to-back. I I did like 28 weeks where it was a team would have to play three games in a week once during the season. And it would allow time to breathe. And this is where the NFL, I think, has this inherent advantage because of the time between games. NFL media hypes up every game, mm-hmm. and every game matters. Yeah. And we just don't get that. It, this is you know looking at it from a media standpoint. But the league itself could benefit from it. Right. If there's only three, four, five games right. on a night, that's it. Appointment television. And, they're, and in theory, they're more important because there's right. less games. And But the, the selling point for the league yep. is that it's a daily TV product, and, yeah. and it's, it's cheap. You, yep. know? you don't have uh, you know, camera time. You don't have – I mean, the talent's already being paid – it's easy to produce-ish, you know, and, and it's cheap. That's why I don't mind this experiment if this midseason tournament happens. Yeah. If they're never going to come around on really reducing the season, right, and, and I won't. don't think that's happening, nope. um, then fine. I mean, if it makes these weird games in late November and early December when people start to check out a little bit, mm-hmm. um, if it makes these one and done and people are gambling on it and it's like, oh, wow, this is fun, then sure, why not give it a yeah. go? What, what What is the harm, really? And I do like the concept of, like, baking in the – you know, your division games into your sort of seeding of this tournament. You know, mm-hmm. that makes sense. You're sort of doing two things at once here, and maybe you're making even those games a little bit more important. How do you, how do you guys feel about valuing the tournament wins more than regular uh, season games? I think that's getting yeah, too, I agree. too difficult to follow. I think, the, I think the diehard fan would struggle with that, let alone a casual fan. Like, what? This game means... How many points do we get more? for that win? Yeah, That'd I, be confusing. I'm down on that idea. Yeah, that one's being kicked around. Yeah. But we will see. All right, final question in the... To four by four, this is a good one. Who are the best and worst daily ding co-hosts? Oh no! <laughs> Who's the oh, best? No. Don't Who's worry, th- we're gonna clip this as a on uh, snippet, and put it up for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Send it straight to um, Zach Harper. The, yeah, the, mm-hmm. well, the, I mean, the the best is uh, sitting right here in this room. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, so the the host being me, Zach, uh, Jared, and now Mo is is hosting right. a little bit. Uh, my favorite guy to podcast with is Mo. Okay. I mean, you know, he's on Nerdist. She wrote every week, and he and I have been podcasting now for years. So got we've that got chemistry. Great chemistry. But a guy I had instant chemistry with was Waz. I mean, it's so like he's a he's super likable, but you can just hand him the ball and he can run with it. Right. And so yeah, he makes my job really easy. Um, I think this season Trey might be most improved. Hmm. He's been incredible he's on at a hot the table. streak. He's trying to average forty a game. <laughs> <laughs> Um, How many are there? Oh man, there, I mean our rotation That's because we're twenty. Nah, yeah, maybe no. maybe not that. I think high. I think we have you know seven or so that are regular, but we're trying to get yeah. incorporate more of the athletic people. Yep. You know, we'd love if you guys wanted to pop on, but it's so late. Um, so it's Trey mostly, Kirby made an appearance. That's right. Mello yeah. oh, Mello yeah. got me out. Talking yeah, about yeah. <laughs> you he dodged me though. He did it on a night I wasn't ah, working, which is good because it seems like. Like, last night would have been a night that classically I would work because all the games were sort of awful. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, like, my luck. And so Trey and I, last year, we had a run of about eight straight weeks where every time we worked together, 
It was just one of those. Dud it was nights. a blowout. Every oh. game was a blowout. <laughs> so yeah, Trey, Trey and I we struggled last year. Man, he's been so good this year. Um, worst, I, I don't know. It's probably Mo. <laughs> smart, smart man. Way to hedge it. All right, that's fun. The, the four by four. Yeah. Let's get to tweet of the night. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Tweet. Ah. All right, tweet of the night. I had the honors last night. I'm going to go with at Andrew D. Bailey. Good follow on Twitter. Shares a lot of knowledge about the game. He tweeted, I, I, it's more of a question for everyone that I thought we could think about. What's the worst single-season drop-off you can remember from an NBA player? Think of someone who was great one season and awful the next. And there was a lot of great you know, responses to this tweet. It's a good cue. Anyone come to mind for anyone? I've got a guy who um, statistically didn't have a, a, a major drop-off, okay. but in, in terms of just his performance and effort and attitude, had a significantly bad season. Toronto Raptors... He do Turkaloo. Ooh. That's, a, <laughs> that's 20, a good 2009, one. the Magic went to the finals. You know, he was third, fourth best player on that team. Yep. Very good. Brian sometimes, sometimes second. Brian Colangelo <laughs> lavished him with a generous contract. All the pizza he And on. it's funny because I actually went to his introductory press conference in Toronto and I've never seen anyone look less like they cared about anything <laughs> in the world than him. He looked fat. He looked out of shape. He looked like he just got out of bed. He didn't. An- he barely answered the question. I asked him a question about. Um, I said. Uh, so how'd you do it? Do it. Do it how you would have done it. <laughs> I said, uh, "Hey, do um, no. Ellis intern at the score?" Uh, <laughs> I said, "You know, last season you were on the NBA Finals team, Orlando Magic, and now you're joining a team that that I don't think the Raptors did they make the playoffs? Anyway, you're maybe, joining a worse team. Yeah, you're, you're joining a bad team. Um, you know." Teams always, players always talk about wanting to, to win rings and win championships. You were close, and now you're going to take a significant step back. Um, what, what was the main reason behind that? And he's like, oh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, uh, this is a nice opportunity. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a good team. And, and I'm just like, what the hell are you talking about, man? You were there. You were on the brink. And I think the Magic offered him a decent contract, but it wasn't. You know, it was still a bigger pay rise there going to Toronto. Oh, yeah, it was. He lasted one And no bad, one went to Toronto, too. So that one was bad season. And then he went to a Phoenix. And then uh, you know, they, I think he went... You know, Clippers. Yeah, the Clippers, Clippers after yeah. that. <clears throat> so, yeah, he, he was awful. Awful to watch. <laughs> All right, good one. And it, avoiding the injury, guys, because, you know, that, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's not legal. Like Andrew Bynum, right. obviously, was an all-star. And then he yeah. was, like, out of the league. Statistically, not that huge of a drop-off. But just being from going from all-star to out of the league. How about Roy Hibbert? Yeah, first name I thought of, too. I, it, he, the game completely phased him out. Oh, it just yeah. changed so much. I mean, you remember that... that Pacers run it was verticality was the most used word when talking about basketball. No doubt, big time. And now, I mean, Roy Hibbert's like what thirty-two, maybe? It, how old is he? Yeah. Thirty-two. Thirty-two. Yeah, almost yeah. thirty-three. <laughs> yeah, and this was the best center in the league at one point. Yeah, yeah. He's a two-time All Star. Yeah, he was out of the league by seventeen. Yeah, yeah. And the 2013-14 season was super weird for Hibbert too because he was like you're saying, Dave. He was. The man. He was defensive player of the year throughout the whole season. They were talking verticality, verticality. LeBron had to learn how to shoot a floater from Mario Chalmers because Roy Hibbert was always standing in the lane. He was always kicking guys, always getting kicked. <laughs> yeah. But it was fine because his arms were straight up and down. And then suddenly in the playoffs, he was putting up offers like yep. multiple, multiple times. He averaged 10 a game the next season after that. Joakim Noah actually ended up winning Defensive Player of the Year. Great for the Bulls. Very weird, though, that Hibbert didn't win it because that Pacers team was on one. Yeah. Uh, and then that next season, he put up 10 a game, and then he was basically gone. I it's mean, all- he was there, but he was not. it wasn't the same. He was like the identity for the Pacers, yep. and suddenly he wasn't. It's all about that weird photo they took. I knew somebody was going to say that. Oh, yeah. Their just sexy photo them. shoot. Yeah, yeah just the five of them. them. Yeah, that was, it was, the, <laughs> that was the catalyst. You're right. Anyone come to mind? Uh, unfortunately, uh, Andy Bailey, who's a writer for the Jazz, is bringing this up because he's scared of Mike Conley, the Mike Conley situation, uh, I'm sure. Yes, uh, yes. But the replies are great. NBA fans are really mm-hmm. smart. Uh, yeah, Hibbert, Hibbert, a big one. I like the Landry Fields one. I mean, that's, that, I saw that's that injury. One too. Yeah. That has injury concerns. The, the nerve in the elbow just stopped being able to shoot. Um, because he had 
promising young seasons with the Knicks, right? He was there for yeah. for two years, and then he and then he went to the Raptors, yeah. and he averaged mm. like three point three point three points. I think he eight. also had a really good agent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that helped. Yeah, he roped in Brian Colangelo. Uh, Chandler Parsons is another one. That's injuries. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, the injuries feels cheap. It yeah, feels cheap. like Isaiah Thomas is the biggest one. Right, drop off, but that's injury. I mean, yeah. the guy was averaging nearly 30, 30 points per game. Uh, he got run over by the Brinks truck. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> And he was all NBA second team, and then since then, he, because of the injury, he's played seventy games with four different teams, like Cleveland, Lakers, Nuggets, and now the Wizards. But yeah, it's a big uh, injury reason. It's a fun question. Very fun. Good tweet from yeah. at Andrew D Bailey, Andy Bailey last night. All right, JD, time for Pick'em Results presented by Cash App. I'll try to get through this without giggling uncontrollably. <laughs> <laughs> This segment is brought to you by Cash App, the number one finance app in the App Store. Cash App is the easiest way to send money to your friends, like paying up when you lose a bet that I'm done jumping through hoops to work at The Athletic. Turns out I'm not. Anyone know a good notary? (laughs) But hey, Cash App does much more than paying off dumb bets. Cash App is also the easiest way to try to grow your money with their new investing feature. Unlike investing tools that force you to buy entire shares of stock, Cash App lets you instantly invest as little or as much as you want. This way you can still own a piece of any stock with just one dollar. Brokerage services are provided by Cash App Investing, a subsidiary of Square and member SIPC. We are also excited to be working with Cash App to support one of our favorite organizations, the ACLU. When you sign up for Cash App and use the promo code NODUNKS, one word, not only will you receive $10, but Cash App will also donate $10 to the ACLU, an amazing organization that's dedicated to defending and preserving the rights and liberties guaranteed to every person in these United States. This show wouldn't exist without the ACLU fighting to protect internet free speech since 1997. Don't forget, promo code NODUNKS, one word, when you download Cash App from the App Store or Google Play Store today. ACLU is doubling your gift today, by the way, if you donate today. Just today. Just today. It's Tuesday. Doubling your gift. Monday night results. It was the Jazz Sixers game. Sixers were favored by five and a half. Tass and I had the Jazz. Uh, it was a bit of a reach. One maybe. more minute, maybe. I'm telling you, there they were, were times close. in that fourth quarter where yeah. they were going to look like they were going to cover. But Sixers got it done. They won by enough. Won by six or more. Uh, that's a win for Trey and Lee. We've just started the month of November, December. Jeez, where are we? Um, you guys are want to know. Tass and I are 0-1. Tonight's game. Second game of a TNT doubleheader. It is appointment viewing tonight. Clear the calendar. Clear the schedule. No flex scheduling needed. Blazers at Clippers. Clippers are favored by a healthy nine and a half, which is understandable. Lots of hype around the Blazers, but they only have beaten Carmelo's old foes uh, in the Bulls and the Thunder. So who do we got? Nine and a half. Clip. Blazers. I'd like to say before I make my pick, start fading me hard on these. I got off to a great start this season. I was 7-1 in October, 12-7 in November. Fade me like crazy. I know I'm going to go on a brutal run here. I'm taking the Clippers in a blowout win. Uh, Call me Dirk Nowitzki because I'm fading you, bro. I'm going with the Portland Trail Blazers. I'll take the points, plus they got the reigning player of the week. That's right. Nine and a half points is a long way. It's a, it's uh, a, I'll, t- I'll jump in while you think about it. I'll take the Clippers. <laughs> He's got to fade away. Look at him. He's hey. fading. He's leaning back. I, t- I think the Clippers will get up for a game, even though it's just the Blazers. There's mellow talk. I, I worry about those guys just suffocating everybody on the perimeter. Yeah, do we know everyone's playing? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, right, give me the Clippers. I, I, I think it was a bit of a mirage last week. Dave, why don't you make a pick? What do you All like? right, listen, I'm I'm nothing if I'm not a panderer, and uh, I'm I'm going Blazers. Okay, I My think man. they need a signature win, and I think Stotts is going to have these guys ready to play. Look out for Mello going for forty. Oh that's my what I baby, want. oh baby, that's, let's go. That's the storyline we would want for this show. That I'm sure that's a storyline you would want. <laughs> that's what I for want. your Blazers Absolutely. podcast. Dave to forty, calling it. I right need here. it. I need it. Dave, where can uh, people catch your work, or where can they hear you, or catch you on Twitter? Uh, on Twitter at Dave Dufour NBA. You know, so you know I talk about basketball and uh, any 
athletic podcast pretty much. I'm just all you over are, the place. You're on all yeah, of them. the the back to back feed, obviously, with all the guys and uh, from the Rose Garden, the Portland Trailblazers podcast, and then the Daily Ding. You know, so we we try to get everybody ready to come listen to this show. Appreciate you joining us today. Yeah, this have was a awesome. sa- have a safe trip back to to uh, San Antonio. Are you leaving today or what's? I'm going to leave tomorrow. I'm okay. gonna, I'm going to record a bunch of podcasts today in the hotel <laughs> I actually my schedule today is so packed I think I've got three more shows to do. wow oh, all right well let's get, let's, let's get out of here then guys if you're not a member of the athletic you need to get in the game you can get all of our podcasts ad free so you don't need to hear Lee giggling away plus you got the best sports writing in the world get 40% off your subscription today go to theathletic.com slash no dunks Clipper bros you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome thanks for joining us I remember Dave works so hard this is going to be one of his DeFore podcasts of the day, baby. (laughs) Embrace the day, people.